Together we can mobilize a global mission force to finish the task. This is your tribe. Hello everyone. Uh, welcome back to uh, our latest uh, program. Uh, this is called uh, This is Your Tribe and uh, and host by me, Ray Payne, uh, as the collaborative uh, Collaboration Director of Global Mobilization Network. And today our special guest is one of my uh, good friend and also a mentor of mine, uh, especially in the area of mission mobilization, um, uh, Ross Patterson. I call him Uncle Ross and many times I just call him his Chinese name, Ba Tuo Shen Mu Shi. And Ross has been involved with missions uh, globally in many parts of the world, and also especially for uh, Chinese uh, uh, globally uh, here in Taiwan and many other parts of the world as well. So, and he is the founder of Antioch Missions International, and also now he also started another uh, ministry called Field partners, uh, but um, I cannot, you know, ex explain that much of what he is really doing because he his finger is, you know, everywhere and especially mobilizing the Chinese church and Chinese people to become missional. So today, you know, with no further ado, uh, Mr. Ross Patterson, just thank you very to our audience, right? Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Ray, it's great to be with you and uh, to see your smiling face again. Um, good yeah. to take part with you. <laughs> yeah, just uh, um, maybe just tell us a little bit about your journey. Uh, first, uh, starting as, as a missionary at your uh, very young age uh, to, uh, to Taiwan and then China and many other parts of the world in Singapore as well. But now you're I don't know where's your base now. You're now in UK, but it's very hard to say, especially for a long-term veteran missionary, where is home? Uh, Taiwan would be our home at the moment. Um, I will be 80 in two years time, and I have agreed with my wife, I'll pack it in <laughs> before I'm 80. I, I think she would prefer tomorrow. I want one day before I'm 80. So until that time, uh, Taiwan is home. Uh, just, just in terms of mobilizing, in terms of how I got where I am kind of thing, it seems to me usually there are going to be three stages. Number one is um, God calls us to be missionaries. In my case, absolutely no background. Ray, you, you have amazing parents, amazing brother, that kind of environment. Um, I didn't. Uh, my family weren't even at that stage Christians. So um god when i was a student at cambridge spoke to me quite clearly said go and serve the chinese church so in 1969 i can't remember where you were in 1969 i, I didn't see you. hey we are talking about something in the last century okay <laughs> in 1969 uh, i moved single guy to taiwan and that 10-year period was doing mission myself i worked with um with campus fellowship, student work, InterVarsity. We did gospel teams, um, taking students, sleeping them on the floor of the church and this kind of thing, going door to door. Yeah. 
Second phase was as China began to open up in 1979, we went back to the UK and were recruited by OMF to relaunch their China program in the UK uh, and then moved into uh, what became Antioch Missions, also Derek Prince Ministries, China, this, this kind of stuff. So agency, but mostly stuff I started myself after I'd moved on from OMF. So second, first stage is individual. Second stage was kind of corporate. Third stage, having moved to Singapore in 1994, after 13 years there, Zhou mm -hmm. uh, Zhu, your dad's friend and my friend, uh, pastor of the Big Bread of Life Church, said, come and be mission consultant for us in Taipei. So at that stage, moved into what you would consider mobilizing um, focus. So the Barnabas School of Missions, other things. With a vision, why hang around at my advanced age in, uh, in Taiwan, working in China and so on, because of the, the, the huge mm -hmm. conviction that we are seeing and will much more see a wave of uh, Chinese missionaries going out. So it, it's being involved in that. And uh, it, yeah. if, if I could throw one thing in, one more, don't want to go on too long, but the, the battle, one of the strategic battles it seems to me with the Chinese is that, um, folk will say, oh, our church has planted 50 churches, 100 churches. My question is, how many of them don't speak Chinese? Mm. How many of those churches actually speak a second language? If they're in England, or if they're in France, or if they're in Africa, um, South Africa, wherever, are they speaking local language, or are they Chinese churches? It's to break that hold, that to break that hold, that everywhere is Chinese. So the easy thing is to plant a Chinese church. But what you and I are in our hearts is to mobilize to reach different nations, the unreached. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, let me come back to the perspective as, as, a, as a missionary. So when you're a missionary, basically, your obligation or, uh, you know, the church who, which supports you, see you as a missionary. But uh, the longer you stay in the field and you also feel like, hey, I, we can also mobilize the field. Uh, you know, I mean, the people I, you know, I discipleship with, you know, this is a missional discipleship is not just given in, you know, uh, what gospel is, but also that in real life gospel is actually is, is a missional gospel. So mm -hmm. what, what has that become like your thing? And, you know, especially through the journey as a missionary. Well, the, the short answer is the Lord, isn't it? Because if you live long enough in a place amongst a community, actually, they become your people much more. I mean, I'm back briefly in the UK at the moment. I look out the window and I think, uh, I suppose I'm one of these, but, but I don't really feel it. Then we, we live in a um, seven-story apartment block, a little apartment near London Airport. And kind of when you're in the lift, you're, you're hoping you might meet someone Chinese, but yeah. around here there aren't very many, you know, and if you meet someone Chinese, you're connected. Um, so if so you- weird. <laughs> the, the, the reason why I'm saying it's so weird is because I'm, you know, I'm talking with you in English and most of the time when we communicate, we never like really talk in English. <laughs> we always, 
no, no, we don't. But um, your your English is certainly a lot better than my Chinese. But the, the point then becomes um, this this thing living. Uh, I think you know in Antioch we did about ten years of schools of mission in in China, mm -hmm. uh, Barbas in in Taiwan, and so on. What what? Let me give a a, a narrative. Um, Few months ago, I don't know if you saw it. The the a group put on the story of Mackay. It's a kind of musical of yes. Mackay. Beautifully done, fantastic. And and most of the kids were Down syndrome kids. What do they call that ministry? Um, oh yeah, the um, what was that? Doctor Lin, right? Yeah, I I mean they they did an amazing job, and then they hauled me onto the platform as kind of the old creaking missionary figure. <laughs> and th they said to me, asked me a couple of questions. One of the questions is, what do you find difficult? And this is what I said. I said, what I find difficult is there are three stages in the church in a nation, i.e. Taiwan. Number one, missionaries, Mackay, we've just seen his amazing life. They come in, they preach the gospel, they plant churches. Number two, they hand over to indigenous workers, to your Joseph uh, Zhu's, you know who he is, to um, Yang Ninya, these kind of guys who are wonderful, amazing local pastors, um, pastoring their own people, who do it much better than the missionaries do. But then there is a third stage when you send out your best to reach the nations. In other words, stage one reverses and becomes stage three. And the leader of that work, a very sweet sister, twice said to me, after I'd said that, and there were quite a few people there, several thousand people, people came to her and said, well, I had never realized that, that there is a third stage where mm -hmm. we're supposed to send out our people to the mission field. Yeah, I think you're playing a very important role, especially in, in the context like the Chinese culture. Uh, and you're... Uh, you're more respected every day uh, when, even when you're getting even older uh and i'm not saying you're like really that old but you know you you earn respect just by gray hair <laughs> people listen <I'm> to me. <laughs> but i think that's 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 very similar in many other cultures but but also i i think it's because you have been walk the talk for for so yeah. many years, and I think that's very important. That's big value to uh, to the people you uh, uh, you know you you are in partnership with, and also they, they are your partners uh, in, in church planning and many other things. And I think, yeah, and that that's big, much more value than than just a young uh, younger, uh, not really experienced amateur uh, mobilizers, just like me or even my colleagues. It's really hard for us. To really convince others, like this is so important, and we why do we need to convince people yeah. for missions? I just don't get it. You know, it's for, through you know I have been involved with mobilization for last only last ten years, but I I always had this question: why it's so it was so hard to to, yeah. to even it feels like I'm begging people, you know, especially church leaders to be involved with cross cultural missions. You know the great commissions why it's so hard i don't understand maybe you have some good answers for me well 
I have this theory that if you take my experience, when we were back in the UK, we church planted um, in York in the northeast of England. And I had been 10 years in Taiwan, uh, church planted. So obviously there's going to be mission there. But the problem is being a missionary myself and being uh, a kind of not going to stay very long in one place guy, I handed on. And I handed on to a guy who's a really good pastor, much better pastor than me, but he doesn't have the mission DNA. And I think that element that you, you get the, the, the mover and shaker who creates, then you get the pastor comes in. And unless the pastor's allowing losing the word apostolic the, the, loosely, unless he's allowing the apostolic in to have free reign to speak about mission, mm -hmm. um, it, it's, it's not going to fly. People say, well, that was his bag. See, I, I would say there are three keys to a church. Number one is the senior pastor has to preach mission himself. Uh, mm -hmm. I remember a, a beloved sister in Australia who was very involved in China ministry, she said to me, look, I get up, I, I share my heart, a big church, share my heart with the church. The senior pastor gets up and doesn't authenticate what I say. He talks about something else, talks about, you know, the meeting next Wednesday or something or other. And what the people are hearing is this clearly isn't important for the church because if it was, the senior pastor would say it. And I could tell you, uh, I've done no names in factory, but one of the biggest churches in Taipei, one of the senior leaders said of the, the then senior pastor, he told me that he doesn't have a mission vision beyond, and I could name the road, but then you know which church I'm talking about, beyond the road that runs past his church. Now, if that's the case, then it's going to be very difficult for anyone to take mission seriously. The, the second thing is the definition of mission, that in my generation, if you said mission, it meant cross-cultural mission, yeah. but that's now been redefined. My mission, I'm sitting here near London Airport, uh, Caucasians would be in a minority here, we have uh, all kind of Muslim people groups, and uh, my best mate here runs a phone shop, he's a Muslim, and we have these uh, discussions about the Lord Jesus uh, and so on, a lovely guy. I'm looking out the window now, and I can see a guy, you know, in the in the, in the Muslim hat and the clothes walking by. Um, the 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 problem here is that people say this is my mission. Now yeah. it is, of course, it is if you're a local church. But if there isn't a word, that's why you and I talk about cross cultural mission. If there isn't a word that actually says we're not just talking about our Jerusalem, we're talking about the ends of the earth. And I think, not deliberately, but I think that word mission has been redefined to mean oh, the people who are walking by over the street because they may be Russian or you know, um, African or whatever. The third thing, senior pastor key, the definition mission key, is the resource and training key. That is the church resourcing mission. Is it giving to the work of cross-cultural mission? Is the church asking Ray Pung in to do a weekend on mobilization? Uh, if it's not, and in its teaching program, I can remember a very, very famous teacher coming to Taiwan, 
and uh, Ling Nantang, Bread of Life, said to him, look, Sunday night is Mission Sunday, so could you do a, a, a message on mission on Sunday night? He said, I don't have a message of mission. <laughs> I'm thinking, you are one of the best teachers in the world, and you don't have a, a message on cross-cultural mission. So that third key, teach it, teach it, preach it. All right, I think we have a lot to cover here. Um, but um, I, what I appreciate you the most is you have been very outspoken, uh, especially, uh, you know, what we just talked about, uh, the definition of missions uh, have been shifted a lot. And more and more, we are talking about so-called the holistic mission, uh, mm -hmm. about, you know, uh, you know, God's mission, Missio Dei, that means your, your life, uh, at least, you know, it, it's a mission, uh, your, your, your journey, um, everywhere you go, from everywhere to everywhere. Uh, I think that's, that's, that's really, uh, that's really, I, I won't say it's an issue, but it's, it's a very modern day, uh, you know, reality here, especially mm -hmm. in terms of, uh, especially for mission mobilizers. Every time you, you go to a church and say, okay, the, this guy is a mission mobilizer, or this guy is going to talk about missions, and people are saying, oh, "We've been doing that already." Yeah. So, uh, so do you see that as an obstacle, or do you see that as, you know, it's just a reality? I, I think there's a lot of language which confuses the issue to me. I, I don't think Jesus confused the issue. I mean, it, Jesus made it pretty clear. Um, and where somebody the church that technically sends us in the uk but there's very little connection with them um we had a chat with them recently and the the second senior pastor said hey it's much harder to go and witness in london than it is to be a missionary and i'm thinking give me a break please if that's what you're teaching it would surprise me if anybody came out of your church as a missionary. Yeah, but, but maybe that's his reality. You think, you know, the, to the mission field, it's just uh, one flight ticket away. But, you know, to preach to a uh, Muslim across the street is so much harder in my context. Because from his context, that's what his experience is. And he said, I just yeah. need to take it to Taipei. And that's so easy. <laughs> but but the, the issue is, what did God tell me to do with my life? It's not, is it hard or is it easy? And and come on, the, the brother you had, who's your sort of chairman or whatever he is, who worked amongst the Muslims for 20 years, are you telling me that was easier for him than it would be to work amongst Muslims in London? Come on, you've got your own culture, you've got your own Starbucks, you've got your own everything to retreat to, even if the work's hard. You haven't on the field. Mm -hmm. That's right. Uh, lately, I just, uh, you know, because I've been following you, I'm such a big fan always. <laughs> and, and on your Facebook, you have been uh, writing some, uh, you know, uh, missionary stories and their testimonies and all those, uh, especially these things people probably don't know. You know, I, I just quote um, one of your posts about Wade and Carrie, uh, and there is another one. Uh, of a missionary, uh, the, the, the early day missionary to Myanmar, Judison. Uh, Adonar and Judson, yeah. Judson, yeah. sorry, Judson. Yeah. So, so, you know, what, what I want to ask you is about storytelling. Why it is so important? Because I, I, can, I can tell people, you know, we, we can, oh, 
uh, we can talk about uh, James Hudson Taylor. We can talk about Will and Carrie, but it's all very surface. Uh, you know, it's just just one story, or it's just a book, or it's just uh, one very famous, you know, miracle of, of, of somebody. Uh, but uh, why the whole story, the you know, the storytelling is so important, especially uh, in terms mm -hmm. of mobilization. Well, I, it, it's interesting that if you think of it, a major part of the New Testament is about a missionary, the Apostle Paul. The, mm -hmm. the book of Acts is mainly him in the second half, a lot of his writing. So obviously the Lord felt one of the best ways of writing the Bible would be to talk about a missionary, the, the story of a missionary and his writing. So I'm just doing what the Holy Spirit did. But more than that, I, I think, first of all, you... I guess are Taiwanese, uh, I am British, I'm actually Scottish. So I define myself mm. by Scottish, by British stories in my early days. Um, Rob Roy, Robert the Bruce, you probably don't know about them, but you know, uh, what's his name? Uh, made a film about it, very famous, successful film. Um, the Scots will define ourselves against the English uh, the Brits will define themselves against the Germans. So that we, we've got Churchill stories, we've got hero stories. You've got the guy, what's his name, who rescued Taiwan because the gecko spoke to him or, or something or other. Um, oh, Liang or something or other. Is his name. I forget. Um, so actually, when we think of how do I define my nationality? Quite a lot of it is stories, modern stories of football. Britain gets to, England gets to the final of the European Soccer Championship. The semi-final beating Denmark, it's absurd. This is the happiest day of my life. We're in the final. And I'm thinking, really? <laughs> but So we define ourselves by that kind of story, but much more than that. Um, recently, and I think this is the core for me, Recently, I, I preached in uh, Taipei Bread of Life, um, and uh, Jonathan asked me to speak on the Lord's Prayer, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Yeah, so right. I wanted to look at seven areas uh, where the devil attacks, like sudden shock. And what I, what I did, if you, if you may have heard it, I don't know, but I illustrated it from the life of William Carey. Why? Mm -hmm. Well, Illustration. I saw Rob Roy, the film I was talking about, for the first time on a plane in economy. Mm -hmm. So I got this tiny screen. I got this view of the Scottish Highlands with these ants walking across them, which happened to be people. Now, if I watch that on a, in a cinema, it's completely different, isn't it? Yeah. What a missionary does... Uh, someone like William Carey or Adoniram Judson or John G. Patton that I've been talking about recently, their lives are so unusual and so different that what we're trying to illustrate is shown clearly. So instead of just saying the devil will bring unexpected tragedy loss, you talk about uh, Carey translating multiple editions of Indian languages Bible and the whole thing burning down. The illustration focuses on the point. Um, doctrine of suffering, um, much easier to illustrate. You need the Bible verses, but you need to show 
what these guys went through in order to get to where they went. Next Sunday, I'm going to be out of date by the, by the time this gets airtime, but I, I'm talking about Aaron Johnson. I want to talk about his marriage because I got to do the research, but I know that he wrote to this woman that he was in love with and said, if you're willing to live amongst people who don't believe in Jesus, who will treat you terribly, who may kill you, who may do this, will you marry me? <laughs> all, that is, <laughs> all that is doing is illustrating first you have your vision, then you look for your opposite number. So it draws out that principle. Thank you very much, Ross. Uh, I think uh, our time is coming short, um, but uh, last, uh, lastly, I want to ask you about this. So why is working together so important? You know, working together as different peoples, working together as different generations, working together uh, with different skill sets, working together even we, we don't agree with, you know, different uh, issues uh, sometimes, uh, but but we all we all appreciate the partnership. But why it is so important, especially I'm speaking on behalf of a, a network. So yeah. Just, um, yeah. yeah, just tell us a little bit about that. I I think you don't go very far in service to the Lord before you discover what you are, but also what you aren't. Um, even working with my wife. Uh, she has skills you might interview her sometime because you know missionary kid missionary wife missionary and so on um she has skills that i don't have she has approached to stuff that i don't have now you multiply that across different people different giftings and only then are you going to be able to find what the lord is really saying um you know working corporately you got a problem and you're praying together and somebody says, I got it. The Lord's just told me you probably would never have seen it. So mm. different giftings, different abilities, different backgrounds, because our, our, our own cultures so define the way we behave. And going back to old Joe Shenzhou, in the early, early days when we were working in campus fellowship uh, in the intervarsity work, I can remember him saying to me, you need to watch it, you know, because I can see you in a meeting and you're getting upset about something, but you don't say anything until you say it too strongly. So just be careful. So you need the other guy to be looking out for you and saying, hey, there's something you may not be seeing. Mm. Thank you very much. I, th I think I need to digest a little bit <laughs> because I, I always came for working with others, but sometimes it's just not about my desire, but also if people really want to work together uh, with you. Uh, but, you know, starting with myself is always a good um, uh, starting point. Thank you, Russ, for your time. And uh, hope you have a wonderful time in, in you, back in UK. But also looking forward to see you very soon, face-to-face, uh, -face, uh, especially. Amen, brother. <laughs> pandemic time. That, yeah. That's right. Uh, so, um, I hope I hope you really uh, uh, have a have a good time, uh, especially uh, doing uh, this uh, this special time. Uh, I think the, uh, the the lockdown just been lifted. Um, so what what do you see, especially here in UK? Um, can we um, can we have a better understanding of the the spiritual atmosphere now, uh, or 
you, you can tell us a little bit about that. The UK, um, I'm not really that qualified to speak about it, but um, the Lord is moving, but society as a whole is in a very dark place, I feel. Um, we need a serious move of God uh, that would change hearts and change minds. Um, it just saddens me to be back here, to be honest, sometimes. Um, so pray for the UK that uh, Judson Cornwall, you probably don't know him, he's a kind of guy from the past, but he was once praying and, and said, Lord, these British people, just, just forget about them. And Lord said, I can't. Too many of their old warriors so cried out to me for this nation that I can't let them go. So, so we're holding on. Thank you, Ross Patterson, uh, my uh, my good friend, also a mentor of many. Uh, thank you very much for your service, especially uh, uh, to the Chinese speaking world. And thank you still working um, um, a very challenging uh, role as, as a mobilizer, um, you know, in, in your context and many uh, other places as well. Appreciate your time. Thank Bye. you, Ray. Bye-bye.